Impacting Life 24-7 sponsors have helped us go where no podcast has gone before. Platinum sponsors, poor Katrina McCain is the author of Because She Decided to Love. This book is a collection of poetry and prose about love and its important impact on every relationship. This raw and uncut poetry book addresses the themes of how we experience love through loss, hurt, pain, grief, and passion. Connect with her and get your copy of this book at PoorKatrinaMcCain.com. Donald Skip Mondragon, MD, is a 26-year Army veteran, National Veterans Wrestling Champion, and speaker. He is the author of Wrestling Depression is Not for Wimps, Lessons Learned from an Amateur Wrestler's Fight to Triumph Over Depression. Contact him at WrestlingIsNotForWimps.com. The Underdog Ninja Foundation. This was founded in 2020 by Javi and Jessica Madrigal, a husband and wife team that have been battling and overcoming heart disease for over 18 years. Their personal story and experiences have led them to follow their calling of empowering, educating, and supporting those fighting heart disease. Contact this amazing team at underdogninja.com. Melinda Tyson Linder. She has spent decades investing in people from all different walks of life. She has led inner city programs for disadvantaged youth, as well as been a mentor to young adults, married couples, and individuals facing adversity. Belinda and her husband have built multiple six and seven figure businesses and have trained leaders on having tenacity and character in business. Ultimately, Belinda cares about people and shows the love of God to everyone she encounters. Bettina Carey. Bettina Carey is the diminutive four foot nine. Uh oh. Man, that never happens. That you talk about technology, ladies and gentlemen. I can't I can't sell my uh sponsor short. What in the world happened there, y'all? The the uh look like the technology just went completely out. Here we go. We got Bettina you. Bettina Carey. Bettina Carey is the diminutive four foot nine and a half Latina. She inspires and empowers women to create big results. They break through. No, they shatter their earnings glass ceilings. They kick self-imposed limitations to the curb and live their legacies now. Whether she's coaching from a live or virtual stage or conferring with a small cohort of bold women and men on the rise at a conference table, her championship strategies say you can win today. Contact her at weempoweryourlife.com. If you would like to become a sponsor of Impact Your Life 24-7, reach out to clkingspeaker.com. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Just reach out to clkingspeaker.com. And if you want to become a sponsor of the probably one of the most dynamic days of my week, uh, you can join us and get a part, be a part of what we really got going on here. And the reality is, is that we've got sponsors who work with us from all across the world and throughout the country. And they help us because they understand that we have a mission. And the mission here at Impacting Life 24-7 is simply this, to impact one life one day at a time. And if you want to do that, all you got to do, like 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 the intro guy said, is you all you got to do is go to clkingspeaker.com. But today... 
whether you're a sponsor or not, you are joining for a special edition of Impacting Life 24-7 with your host, C.L. King, here in the High Definition Studios here in Impactville, USA. And I'm blessed because we got somebody in our studios that's making a difference throughout the USA, y'all. You know, every week we bring somebody here. Uh, every other day we bring somebody here that is really uh, someone of note. We don't just try to find anybody to fill time and space, but we want to hear about people that are making an impact. We want to hear about people that are are really turning over rocks and turning over lives. So my guest today, his name is Jay Laheem. He went from making eight bucks an hour at the Hampton Inn to six figures as a commercial photographer. Y'all, listen up. While making $8 an hour, he developed his mantra, hashtag, I won't starve, which became the catalyst for him to leave his uh, job within a year. Becoming a commercial photographer gave him the opportunity to work with the following national and international brands. Nike, I'm sure y'all heard of them, the WNBA, the National Guard, Amtrak, Save the Children Foundation, and the NFL. Since then, he has become pardoned from all things that were in his past, and he uses his platform to ensure this, you won't starve. He's helped more than 500 businesses get started through his company that's called I Won't Starve. Uh, he's put his story into a book, and he's launching a nonprofit and starting a remote learning pod at the height of the pandemic. That's what he did. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's not every day that you get to nail somebody down like this to come on your show. So I want y'all to pay very, very close attention because we're going to unpack a lot from our brother and our friend, Jay Laheem, all the way out there in the West Coast in Las Vegas. Welcome him to the virtual studios. Welcome, Jay Laheem. What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? Man, we're so glad to have you, brother. Thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah, man, it's our privilege. No and problem. It's our privilege, privilege and honor, and I want to thank you for allowing us to scoop this in a little bit to the left. Uh, I just have this thing that uh, I'm still a dad, and so while I'm out here trying to save the world, I still put my kids, hey, man, when they got a, a event, dad got to be there. You know what I'm saying? That's just that's just the way it is. So I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you working with us on that. And uh, Jay Lahim, uh, one of the things I like to do right away so we can get people connected to you, even in the midst of the show, those that will watch later, those that will listen to our national podcast, um, tell people how they can contact you. What are some ways that folks can get up with you? Uh, my website is www.jhaleem.com. That's jhaleem.com, J-H-A-L-E-E-M.com. And on social media, is everything is I am Jay Haleem. Any platform you go on is I am Jay Haleem, J-H-A-L-E-E-M. Yes, I am Jay Laheem. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, when you got when you got power like that, you can have your name any kind of way you want it. And so I, I was looking through your through your repertoire of of contact information, and it's so well put together, Jay. And I'm thankful that that people even now listen. If you're listening to this show now, if you're watching in our live audience, uh, just go to www. You said jlaheem.com. Jay Haleem is with an H. Jay Haleem. Right. Yep, yep, we got it. Yeah, jhaleem.com. jhaleem.com. Yep, yep, perfect. All right, yep, we, we that's put it. And you can just Google me. You can put jhaleem in the Google and it come up. Yeah, man. Well, that's when you know you're somewhere, brother. 
So uh, <laughs> you're over there on on uh, on the uh, different time zones. So we we definitely want to be mindful of your time. But tell people I know you. We've talked. This is our second time talking. Actually, uh, you know, you were on my cousin's show, uh, Nisi J's show there in uh, yeah. Greensboro. And so she said, you really got to talk to this brother. And when I said, okay, well, give me, his, you know, you know how it is. Sometimes people would be like, oh, you got it, you got it. And then you talk to him and you're just like, <laughs> uh, okay, if you say so. But it was an instant, it was an instant connection. And Greg, my VP, said, man, that, that brother is the real deal. So uh, Jay Halim, tell me this. There you go. <laughs> so you know I be butchering people's names, y'all. Nah, it's okay, man. It's okay. <laughs> tell, tell me. How, a little bit about yourself uh, more than I already know and share that with our audience too, brother. Man, again, like you said, you say something uh, very important. Um, I'm a dad, you know, and I, you know, that's the, the, my number one attribute. I'm a dad. I'm a husband, you know, um, former felon. I mean, I guess, you know, you pardon, they don't take it away from you, but you know, um, you know, I was a felon at, at one time and then um, became an entrepreneur you know, forced into entrepreneurship. I always had the spirit, but forced into entrepreneurship. And now, you know, we found a way to be successful at it. And in my job now is helping other people do the same. Yeah, you know that I got I got your website pinned there in the live chat. That's a, that's really important. Um, you know, you 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 hit the nail on the head. I just did a whole international broadcast on fatherhood. And so it's a very solemn, uh, you know, obligation for us, brother, uh, to, to be a father. And, uh, you know, first and foremost, a, a man of God, second, a, a husband. And then right behind that is a father. And and so, you know, you just laid out in such a very neat package for us some pretty dynamic elements in life. You know what I mean? It, and, and a lot of times what people see, Jay, they oftentimes see us in our current state and they don't really know what it took to get there, bro. You know what I'm saying? They see us, yes. they, they might see the ride we rolling in. They might see the car. You know what I mean? Everybody's got their way of judging you. Right. And, they, but mm -hmm. they don't really know what they went through. So tell us about how, you know, you talked about being a, you know, a pardon uh, person that has spent time incarcerated. Tell us a little bit about that, whole evolution and how did how did you go down that road what happened bro well i grew up in north new jersey anybody know um that's like literally like 15 minutes outside of new york city on um, manhattan growing up in the 80s and 90s north was one of the worst cities in the country you know not a big city but definitely we, we made our name known everybody called it brick city <laughs> you might know queen latifah red man know you by nature the list goes on some people from there Notable people from there and me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, you know, um, we was, we, you know, my family was riddled by the crack era, you know, um, 15 people in a three bedroom apartment. All the adults and stuff from my grandmother was strung out on drugs, hard drugs, my mom included. And, you know, didn't really see nothing positive besides uh, the person on the corner hustling, selling drugs. So I was always a good kid, you know, great grades and things of that nature. But, how I got my money, especially particularly when I got to high school, I went to I was to play basketball during the day and hustle at night type of kid. And it caught up to me by the time I graduated because when I graduated, I was sitting in the county jail. I couldn't even, I still don't have my high school diploma physically um, to this day. And um, you know, I had a cousin who worked at um, a high school in New Jersey and he was sending a lot of kids to South Carolina. It was a school 
called Benedict College. At that time, they had what they call an open enrollment policy. So if you graduated high school, you got your equivalent, they'll let you, they'll give you a shot. They'll give you a, a year shot to start school. And if you do what you need to do, you can go ahead and stay. So he gave me a shot to go down there. Um, that helped me not actually go, have to say go away to prison. At that time, um, I, I was just got put on probation and eventually got my record expunged. But, you know, when you get your, your a slap on the wrist, you like, man, I ain't really nothing. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, so, I can handle that. In, exactly, right? So I'm in college and, you know, um, I'm, I'm hungry, though. I'm, I'm 12 hours away from home. I don't know nobody. I'm not really college material. At least I didn't think so. There wasn't nobody there to tell me or train me and make sure I was good. So I got into some more stuff, man. And before you know it, my second year, you know, I, I was facing the felony, facing 10 years in prison. You know, so I went through the rest of my college years facing time in prison. I actually didn't go sit away. I had a good amount of money. I was very great at what I did in the street. But, um, you know, I didn't realize that what happened was once I graduated with good grades, that I still was going to have to suffer. I, I suffered like as if I went away for the 10 years because as soon as I graduated college, I couldn't get a job. I got hired at a few jobs, nice career jobs. As soon as my background came back, they rescinded my offer. Wow. And so it was just real tough. And again, I'm down south. I'm away from home. And I had to figure it out. And so um, I couldn't really go nowhere because I was on papers in the state of South Carolina. So I had to stay there and figure it out. So I started a business. But to be perfectly honest, I had a little business that was like a front. And I, I had to take this business serious now because wasn't nobody giving me a job. Yeah. <laughs> and I just went went hard at that. And um, I kind of quit hustling um, once my mom came to live with me. My mom left me at 11 years old. My grandmother um, hit me up, was like, look, my mother came back. She can't stay with me. She still held the grudge. I was like, look, I'm about 23, 24 at this point. She like, you want your mother to come down there? I'm like, sure, that's fine. Bring her down. And I had to help her kick her heroin habit on my couch. And I was like, I'm over the drug game at that. Wow. Yeah, heroin is is a really tough drug, brother. And, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the pictures and the... You know, I do a lot of sessions on on opioids, but heroin is 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 uh, no laughing matter. It, it I guess it had to be really special though for you to you know this is like kind of a role reversal. The son really being there for mom, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. You know, like I said, me and my mom, we always had a decent relationship when I was growing up. But she left when I was eleven. You know, she was on the drugs. She was with a guy, and that guy ended up passing away. You know, he overdosed. And, you know, of course, this is years later. Right. And, um, you know, now she's trying to come back home. My grandmother didn't forgive her immediately, but I had already been past it. And I'm like, yeah, let you come on. I'll I help you out. But it just did something to me watching her every day kicking ha- kicking that habit. We ever saw somebody or even maybe heard the story of somebody kicking a habit, cold turkey. And I'm watching it. And I'm running her back and forth to the hospital every day to get fluids because she threw them all up. And, you know, just trying to get that right. So it was a tough situation. You know, I had joined the church. I would, they would help me out. I would take her down there. They had the meetings and stuff like that at the church. So it was kind of cool to get that support. But, yeah, I, I was like, nah, I really can't really do this no more, you know, because that was what I did. That was my profession from 13 until then. Well, ladies and gentlemen who are tuning in to Impact Life 24-7, I am joined by the, the man, the myth, and definitely the legend, especially from that story, my good friend Jay Halim, <laughs> look at him, can't get it right, y'all. And you can find him at jhalim.com. That's J H A L E E M 
Com. And you can find him on all social media platforms. I would love for you guys to go and connect with him right now. He has a vast amount of resources um, and what he is doing is really just revolutionary because one thing that we talked about in our uh, when we had our first inter- or pre-interview together, you know, y- you were on the streets you and you said it yourself. You weren't necessarily like trying to be a gangbanger or, or doing drive by shooting. You was just trying to make you was just trying to make that hustle, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the funny thing is, being in the East Coast, the gang situation hadn't even came over there yet when I was out in the street. Yeah. It was just you from whatever neighborhood you're from, and that's that. But, you know, I, I was never the killer or nothing like that. I just was gifted at getting money. Right. You know, um, wasn't nobody going to take nothing from me, but at the same time, <laughs> I just wasn't I wasn't that guy. I wasn't the guy you called to do that type of thing. I wasn't around those type of guys. I knew those guys, but I'm the guy you call you want to make some bread. Yeah, and I was able—I was gifted at doing that, and I was able to do it successfully. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, I wish I had this cool accent. I'm—I've been in the South so long now. I probably sound like a cornbread country boy, but I love them North. I love them Rock him and them Eric B. You know, <laughs> them, them accents up there, man. You know, the brothers could flow back in the days, man. Um, and and you know, one one of the things that that you have highlighted relative to the journey is there there was some real life. There was some real life situations that caused you to realize you needed to make some changes, huh? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, again, I tell people all the time, I'm growing up, all I saw was that. But when I got a chance to go to college, I saw kids actually get a chance to be kids. You know what I'm saying? I saw 19 year olds, 18 year olds actually getting going to their mom and their mom letting them hold the car or, you know, having family members give them money and support them and. I didn't have that. You know, I love my family, but they couldn't do anything for me. I remember telling the story when I um, I got kicked out of my school. I played basketball. I got kicked out of my school my junior, my, um, the end of my junior year. So this, my senior year, I had to literally pay my aunt, who was strung out, to take me up to the school to do my transfer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm oh. doing all this stuff on my own. I get suspended. I got to try to figure out a way to handle it. You know, you're supposed to bring your parent with you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, you know, I didn't have that that type of situation. I was just living in a different life that I, it was kind of crazy. You know, when I saw other people where their parents was in the line with them in college. Right. I remember being in the financial aid line, literally, oh, keep this is a hundred, keeping it all the way a hundred. It was a lady. I still don't remember this lady name because I promise you I'll send her flowers. I do whatever I need to do for her. Maybe she was an angel. Um, she worked, she was from the Bronx and she was working in financial aid and she didn't believe me at all. Like I didn't have nobody to do anything for me. And it was like, they was about to send me home. It was like, you know what? You haven't registered yet. You about to go home. And she said, I'm going to help you out. She made me into an independent student. She was like, look, you got to go find you a job. Because you got to file taxes before school on school year is over. And I'm like, all right. But I, I wasn't supposed to be no independent student. But she looked out for me just to get me, you know, through financial aid for me to go ahead and go to school. So... Like, I was just going through it, stuff that people just overlook. When I'm right. watching people, parents sign checks for them, like, oh, that's how much they owe? They go to $3,000 here, and they there making sure they taking them to the dorm, all that other stuff like that. Right. It was nuts, man. And and you you had to go through this phase and this season in your life kind of by yourself, huh? And, and, yeah, and, definitely. And, and this dear lady, wherever she is, you never know, she might see this broadcast and be and and you know what I mean and but what you've done I gotta find him, man. What you've done, Jay, is and and we'll talk about this a little bit later on. But you you kind of replicated. You're now replicating what she did for you 
right? You're doing it now on the back no end, doubt. helping helping no other people see that. And so uh, after after your after your mom and 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 you know the the situations kind of got stabilized, and we made it through college. Is that when you decided to? I mean, were you working an eight dollar an hour hour job there? Nah, nah, okay. nah, man. Everything was good. I started doing the business. You know, it was a little rough at first. Like uh-huh. I said, it was a front. You know, because we I was very significant what I was doing in the streets. So I had a, that was a front for a while, but I really got into the business. It was a cleaning business. Okay. And then um, my wife, her, um, that was my fiance at the time, her pastor back in D.C. where she's from had a big cleaning business. And he knew me. And he asked, you know, she had got a job up there. And she was like, well, he was like, I got a million dollar contract coming up. I know you got a degree. I want you to help me run it. And so he put, brought me on as the project manager for that contract. And I learned everything about the cleaning business at that time. Um, cause it was a 300,000 square foot church. Wow. And so it was nothing that we didn't do at that church as far as, you know, commercial cleaning. So I learned everything for like a year. Um, he was able to sell the, sell the um, business because he um, tripled that contract in a year. He was able to resign for three years and it went up a 12% increase. So oh, wow. it was a dope situation. <laughs> I was able to spin off and go ahead and get my own commercial contract, um, six figure contract. And I rocked out. And so the economy went crazy. You know, my wife worked on Capitol Hill, and in 2010, she lost her job. And it was literally like a um, 30-day scenario. Like, in the end of the month, y'all not going to have a job because um, this is our politics, especially our Democratic politics. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden, who was at that time our vice president, his chief of staff, a gentleman named Bruce Reed, he was the her boss. He took that chief of staff position and, and kicked everybody's curb <laughs> <laughs> within, within like a month's time, right? So yeah. we sitting here. She got a significant salary. You know, this D.C. Nobody gets paid more than D.C. workers unless you're in tech. Right. So she's getting paid a good amount of bread. <laughs> and I, I am with this business. You know, condo ain't worth ain't worth nothing. You know, kind right. of, all that stuff was crazy back in those days with the real estate. Right. So we like, all right, we're going to go down south because it's a little cheaper. So I started selling off contracts and things of that nature just to make sure we can be afloat. And we went and started back over. Well, I'm a, I'm a felon. I'm back in South Carolina where I'm a felon. She's pregnant with my son. They're not going to pay her the money that they, she was getting paid in a major city. Not, not D.C. No way, brother. Exactly. Yeah. So, and like, they barely want to. I remember somebody told her, "You are perfect for this job, but I'm afraid you're going to leave because we can't afford you, so we're not going to hire you." She's like, "We need anything you got." Yeah. Right now. You know, hold on a second. That cracks me up sometimes too. You know, yeah. you'd be like, you'd be like looking for a job, and they're like, "Well, you're too qualified." Look, I, if I was so qualified, I wouldn't be here asking for a job. Exactly. Yeah. So she went through that and. You know, of course, me being a felon, being in the city, in the, in the state that I became a felon, it's not really um, developed like that mentally. People ain't, aren't thinking on the wavelength of major city individuals. So, you know, um, I tried my hand at a few things. I had already did some other businesses with the camera as far as filming, blogging, and music. I was into everything because the cleaning business was doing well. So I was trying my hand at a lot of stuff in the, mid- in the midst of that. Right. But, um, you know, I, I, I was literally, I said, man, I had to figure it out. And I had a camera, I, you know, I was broke and I sold my camera to my pastor <laughs> at my church because um, I was trying to sell it on eBay, but somebody, you know, said they was going to buy it. But when I was just having a conversation with him, I remember vividly, I was arguing with my father-in-law and I just needed somebody to talk to. And I remember hitting him up and he's like, man, you need some money or something like that? I was like, nah, I'm good. 
I just sold this camera. He's like, you sold your camera? I was like, yeah. I was like, well, I didn't sell it yet. The dude said he wanted to buy it. I'm waiting on him to put the money in. He's like, man, hold up. Call me back like 10 minutes later. Like, I want it. I was like, man, I don't know him. I know you. I sell it to you. Sold it to him. Like, two weeks later, he gave it back to me. And I'm like, yo, you want the money? He's like, nah, I don't want the money. I want you just to take this camera and do your thing with it. Hold on, hold and, on, hold on. See, you got, you can't pass over this part. This is the part I've been looking forward to this part all day. Because, <laughs> so you had this camera. This camera was pretty sizable amount of money. Yeah, mm-hmm. $2,000. $2,000. And you you had already started developing your uh, a craft in photography, right? Well, I was filming. I hated photography. Okay, I was okay. just, my, my background with that was I, I literally was, I interviewed like, Ice Cube. I was one of the first people working with the um, loving hip hop people out of Atlanta. Like that thing, I, I created a blog because I was working in the music industry doing a little stuff like that. And then I got, I was very um, psyched about the entertainment piece. And so that's what I had the camera for. People would ask me to take pictures, but I was like, nah, I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> but, you know, I'm down there stinking at that time. So right. like, he like, do something with the camera. I'm like, all right. And the beautiful thing, and I believe this was a God thing, yeah. the whole situation, he gave me the camera back. But I started taking pictures for, for the church, and I took pictures for that church for three years straight for free, never charged them nothing. Wow. You you were investing, brother. You were planting seeds. That's that's powerful. Oh, most definitely. And, most and, definitely. And listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. That pastor had some, some insight. I'm joined in our virtual studios by Jay Halim. You can find him at Jay halim.com go check him out those of you that watch us live those of you that will listen to our podcast his information will be in the show notes but jhalim.com is where you want to go because this story you know we we if you just came around he was what was it 13 or 15 kids in the, in the in the house or oh, people, 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 people in the yeah. house in a three bedroom, and I, I, I believe it was a two bedroom with a, a bonus room. We just made it into a room because <laughs> we needed space. <laughs> and and everybody shout was, out to my grandmother for that. Yeah, and you know everybody was you know involved in in not, taking drugs. They were strung out on drugs, yes. and 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 Jay kind of got caught up in it. But his his was not necessarily to use, but but to sell. And so, you know, he, he's got, you know, the cool thing about that industrial cleaning part is that you got to see big numbers, you know what I mean? You got, you yeah. got, you got to experience big numbers relative to money and, and flow. And, and so you got to see it legitimately. And then, you know, you, you have to move and, and, and things turn around and he's got this camera, ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you there, it, this is, this will go down in history. He got this camera. He's trying to sell it on eBay and his pastor says, "Give me that thing," and and uh, then he, then he 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 uh, winds up giving it back to him w- without the money, and said, "Nope, y'all don't need the money. I want you to take that camera and do something with it." And so, tell us how the how the camera opened up some doors for you, brother. Oh man, so you know, like any other business, I try to tell people, we didn't jump off immediately. You know, um, that was like the end of the year, and by the years, it's, that was twenty twelve. Um, I remember that it was the end of 2012. So I immediately just went hard, like trying to promote, but it takes time. And, um, you know, so we didn't have any money. Of course, my wife couldn't get a job like that. Back and forth arguing with my in-laws going, <laughs> going through that situation. You know, they daughter down South, 
you know, going through it with me. They bad I'm at you. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff like that, right? So um, I remember tax time come around and we like, you know what? Everything going to be fine. I actually got a little $8 job first and I thought it was going to be something bigger, but they just used me at the end of the year. It was like some lady they had working overnight forever and she needed a break. So I came on right before uh, the holidays and they worked me to death for the holidays. As soon as the year <laughs> turned over, I was like one one day a week type thing. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I'm, And I'm working overnight, so you're really getting two days out of me because right. you work, sleep all day to be up all night, then right. sleep all the next day. So I'm like, nah, I'm straight on I'm straight on that. And she had got a little temp scenario, but again, they let her go because she's getting up there now and in the pregnancy. And they're like, we ain't paying for that insurance. Mm. We're not making her permanent. So we like, you know what? We we waiting on like eight thousand dollars in our taxes to come back. And that'll get us through for a little while. Cause it's cheap in South Carolina to live. So we're gonna be all right. Man, it, the, the government said we took your whole tax return. <laughs> no like, way, bro. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, you know that that I'm is 13. something about that's something about Uncle Sam and some of you young people yes. better listen close. Listen, if Uncle Sam owes you something, it will take a, a year of Sundays to get it back. But if you owe Uncle Sam something, oh, man, he, he got it on the first Sunday of the they month. Go, yep. They go right in there and grab it. And they just literally got that little notice. Yep. You won't be getting your return. <laughs> I was like, man. And I just remember, like, like what are we going to do? So I started, like, selling all my worldly possessions at this point. Went and got to the flea market. You know, I'm trying to take pictures. I'm at the flea market selling my stuff. And, you know, I'm doing everything I can. But I actually got it started getting sweet for me because it went for me selling, like, my DVDs that I had, my enormous DVD collection and clothes, the kids' clothes that they was growing out of and old stuff, to taking that money and buying women's shoes offline and flipping those there and doing other stuff. Then right. I had little connections back home with the bootleg movies, so I hit them up. <laughs> Send me some it. movies down. I love it. I'm selling them at the flea market. I'm doing everything you can think of. And then, you know, um, I had a partner I went to college where I had a car dealership. He wasn't, he wasn't going to put me on the sales floor, but he definitely took me. He said, yo, you can come to auctions, get cars with me. And so he'll pay me $100 for every car I get. Before you know it, it was a sweet hustle for me. But it still just wasn't enough. It was too sporadic. So I ended up getting taking an $8 an hour job at the Hampton Inn. You know, a sister of mine um, that I met that was at my church connected me with that. And, you know, they was kind of shocked to tell me. I literally came to this interview with a suit on, man. And, and you know... They like, oh, it's going to be $8. Is that going to be okay? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. I don't care. It's whatever. So it was cool. And I just was focused. And, you know, yeah. the camera was still out sporadic. You know, I do a yeah. birthday party here, this or that. Yeah. It didn't really shake for me until the next year. You know, I went to a TD Jakes conference in 2014 at the top of 14. And they was like, man, you bigger than this. You bigger than this. You, um, I think that was his book, Instinct, was coming out. Right. And it, he brought a lion on the stage, a full-grown lion. And he said, this lion has been in this cage all his life. He said, but the reason we keep him caged up is because we're afraid that his instinct going to kick in and he's going to hurt somebody. Yeah. And he said, that's somebody in this room. Your instinct is telling you you're greater than what you are. And like you said, I've done major six figures worked with my cleaning business in a major metropolis like D.C. and done other things. So I'm like, man, I'm way better than this. And at the time, I wasn't making $8 anymore. I'm already at like $13, $14. And I wasn't cleaning the floors. I'm at the front desk at this point. 
but I just knew it was more than that. And I got a chance to shoot a law firm for the first time that summer. And I was done. I'm like, right, I need an office because this is what I want. This is the type of work I want to do right here. I want to shoot law firm. Right. And I and because South Carolina, well, Columbia, where I stayed, they have a major University of South Carolina has a major law school right there. And so we got like a small town with 150,000 people, but they got 40, I mean 400 law firms. I said, that's where I'm going at right there. I got an office right downtown on, on the main strip and on a little, little matchbox joint, but I like this is where I'm gonna shoot everybody at. And then a couple months later, I left my job, you know, and I was like, yo, we're going to rock and roll and do it just like that. <laughs> I, I love it, man. This this almost sounds like in pursuit of happiness, brother. I mean, this is <laughs> this is and you know what's so inspiring, bro, is that is that, you know, in one of my trainings that I give the grind mode, it's like, man, you you the resilience, you know, the, listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Haleen dot com is where you want to go because when i take you on the second half of his journey you're gonna find out that that this brother is somebody you want to connect to what what you what you see is that when you're faced with really the point of no return like you you weren't going to go back to selling drugs right you weren't you weren't going to go back to 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 you know being out in the streets you have reached the point of no return where you're going you're gonna to make this work. And see, for those of you who don't know about aviation, of which I'm an expert, the plane on the runway, once it reaches V1, which is the speed of the point of no return, there is no stopping. There's not, I forgot my bags back in the, there's none of that. Once you reach V1, that's called the point of no return. And Jay, you just demonstrated for us, man, that, it didn't matter whether it was $8 an hour job. It didn't matter if, you know, things things was kind of sporadic and slow or car hustling or whatever. You said, man, I'm just, I'm not going backwards. That You had made up in your mind, right? That was a God thing too, man, because for my people who, you know, understand or, or know about biblical scenarios, I got a Gideon experience, you know what I'm saying? Like literally yeah. he showed me that I didn't have to because I, I honestly, I was going to go back. You know what I mean? I'm back in South Carolina. I mean, I did what I did at home, but I, I got busy in South Carolina, so I'm like, it wasn't nothing but a phone call. Like, look, I'm not about to be stinking. My son about to be born. My daughter had a great life up until then, you know, um, in Maryland. We're not doing this. And I had talked to a brother, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, and um, he was already on the way. <laughs> like, I got you. <laughs> but, you know, when the brother gave me back the camera, you know, me being a believer, I was like, yo, this is it. Yeah, I said, well, I'm not, you know, I, I, I get, I get it, I get that as a process, and I'm not going back because that was a God thing, you know. Yeah. Um, I never asked him for that. I didn't even ask him to buy the camera from me. I hit him up to have man conversation because I was pissed at my father-in-law. I had just had an argument again. I'm dealing with these issues. My wife's pregnant. I was just having a conversation. He happened to ask me about that, so I knew I, I attribute things to God that don't have anything to do with man. So right. if it wasn't me doing it, if it wasn't my power, something that wasn't my capability, I knew that was him. So I knew that was a God thing. So it wasn't no need for me to go back that route, no matter what, how it looked. I'm like, you know what? I'm good. And so I put my all into it. And more importantly, at that time, I put my all into his house. I mean, I created so much. When I left that church, that church had over a million YouTube followers and all that oh, stuff. Wow. And I knew that was a God thing because I don't even have that many followers. So I knew <laughs> what I was doing for him you know what I'm saying? Was, right. was was seven times the amount 
because I was doing it for his his house. You know what I mean? So that was I was cool with that. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna mess that up. I'm not even going you know crap all over what he did for me in this type of space. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've joined in my in the virtual studios. It's just be well. There's people in the in the chat, but you know my team usually they work with me at eight thirty at night. But uh, we said we got to get Jay. We got to get Jay Halim on the floor today, and then I got to skid up, scat on down the road for Jeremiah. But you know, I, I just feel like you are breathing some life into some people who who sometimes they're looking for every excuse to fail, and you yeah. you found every excuse to win, brother. You found every excuse. Definitely. You found every excuse to win. Um, and when your back your back is against the wall. You ain't got no choice, man. It's it's either this is feast or famine. This is fight, fight or flight. And so you started taking pictures or started shooting. You said a fi- uh, film and and video of of offices. How did that work? Well, um, by that time I was full on photography. I mean, I would do some film stuff, but I just decided I was going to be a photographer. When I went to the law firm, it was a, again a brother I did meet at church. You know, prominent lawyer, actually judge in that area, and he gave me a shot. And it was beautiful, man. You know, um, I'm scrapping and scraping, you know, birthday party. My first real paid job, literally, as a photographer was shooting a funeral. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I took pictures of a 90-something-year-old pastor's funeral. And the sad part about it is a couple years later, I took pictures of, of his wife. Oh, that Lord. passed away. And the, parent, the family wanted me to take their photos, too. So, well, they remembered you. my first real paid job, you know what I'm saying? Like, And I needed every bit of that 200 and something dollars that I charged him. You know, at that time, like we needed it right now, like get the check, go cash it right now. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> we, it was that. It was one of those type of situations. So, um, and then all the other stuff. It was just, it was just a hassle. I didn't want to. It wasn't no models in South Carolina like that. It wasn't right. all that, you know. And then they, they are. They're not trying to pay no money because they too cute to pay some money. You right. Know? I, 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 and I'm a businessman before I became an artist. So I'm like, man, who is going to pay me the type of money that I want? And also be able to be with my kids at night, all right. this type of things like that. So when I got a chance to shoot that law firm, it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. I shot them three hours. I was out of there with like a thousand dollars. I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> I wasn't rolling over on the floor. I wasn't trying to get crazy. I didn't need to do none of that. I was just like that. Took those pictures. It was the smoothest thing I ever did. Check was clear right then and there. No hassle. I'm like, this is it. And of course it didn't shake immediately, but I'm right. like, now I know I got, I got, I know what I want to do now. And I started putting it in place. So when I left my job, that's why I won't star was born because people that knew me and knew my struggle knew like, man, you got a job you moving up. I guess they call that moving up. Right. Um, in this job. So they're like, man, why are you going to, you going to mess things up? And instead of me saying, sticking my middle finger up and then I'm going to curse them out. I just said, I won't star. It was really a negative connotation just to say, to get back at people. Right. But then I started helping people with it because people would hit me and slide in my DM like, man, I love that hashtag. I won't starve. I love that hashtag. I won't starve. And I had already trained people with, with hashtags with me because when I got that camera from my past, I, I created the hashtag keep shooting. Uh-huh. And people love that as well. Cause my thing was as long as I can shoot with this camera, I'm going to be fine. But the problem was, you got all of the shootings that was happening in that time frame. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our dumb black people couldn't see that I wasn't talking about nothing negative. Right. I was talking about a camera, but I just kind of put that to the side at that time. And then, um, so when I, I won't starve came about, I just pushed it, man. I just kept doing, it. I made shirts, 
And it was just for me. I wasn't even selling them at the time. It was just stuff I would wear, my wristbands, which I still got now. Yeah. <laughs> and and I would just do my thing, and people would see me with my wins on social media. Whenever I'm shooting, I'll put hashtag, I won't starve. And so um, it really, like I said, I was 14 when that happened. But 15 was the year, the pivotal year in my career as a photographer because everything happened in South Carolina. National things happened in South Carolina. So you think about the the Charleston 9, that which was two hours away from where I am in Columbia, but um, that was a major situation, which brought it back to taking down the flag, the Confederate flag, which was in Columbia. My office was literally like a mile away from on the same block. And mm-hmm. so I was there to shoot that. The, I had booked something with the city of um, Columbia and it was working a joint community scenario through the rest of the state to go and take with artists to take photos and things of amazing places in South Carolina. Cause it's trying to just do some good things to bring, you know, some unity back to the state. And I was a part of that, which was a paid opportunity. And then at the end of the year in October, we had a thousand year flood. So all of that was on the news. And so that's what kind of kicked it off. When the flood happened, I'm out again serving, you know, serving with my church and I'm taking photos and stuff like that. And the mayor was like, where, where can I get them pictures? And, you know, I made sure he got them with no problem. And then I got a call from his people like, hey, we got a couple of things I want him to shoot. And one of them was his headshots. Then the next thing was um, we would get like relief packages from other major cities like you know, in the, in the area. So Alabama or North Carolina, this or that. And I'll be the only photographer there shooting. And that stuff was on the news, in the newspapers, everything like that. So my pictures was there. And so that next coming, in, that was the end of that year. And then coming um coming into 2016, I exploded. My business just went, went crazy. You know, I'm looking on your website. You, you, you're, I don't know if you took your own photos on your website but they are they are sharp, brother. They are they are on point. Nah. Let, let let me ask you this question, and I, I I know this is I didn't prep you for this, so I hope you can answer, which I know nah, you I'm could. Good. I know you can. <laughs> what is the what is the like for me? There is like a forensic anatomy of a speech, right? Like a, mm. there's a process. There's there's a thing, you know what I mean? It's like it's a rhythm. It's just something that that's germane to what I do in my craft. Yeah. So what what give us some insights on like let's say you go in and you, they're asking you to shoot a festival. What's what's your philosophy and thought process? Is it different for everyone? Yeah, most definitely. When it came to that, um, you know, I've shot major conferences and things like that. Um, for me, with events, it was always. You got to get there early. You got to get there early. You can't you can't be there on time. On time, like you got to be there two hours in advance. Yeah. You kind of got to get the. I want to get to know everybody that's over the event. So I need to know how many speakers. I need to have a shot list of speakers. Who's going to be there when they're coming? You know. So I'm always beating them. My camera beats you to your spot every time. So that was my philosophy. Make my camera beat you to the spot. Oh, that's nice. And so once I did that. It just made it like I never missed what I what I was supposed to miss. Cause I started shooting concerts, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't know how to take the still images from on um, footage, film footage. So I would just stop filming and take a photo. So I started learning how to shoot concerts because I would be like I've done like Wale concert, DJ Khaled, 
you know, DJ yeah. Drama, all these things. I was there to get interviews, but I still would get these good pitches, you know, and I, so I already had the eye. And so, when you know, when you got regular things, it's a lot easier than the concert because they're bouncing up the yeah, walls. Right, 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 stuff. right. It's easy just to have a speaker come up or somebody doing a podium or something like that. That was easy. I just needed to know ahead of time where these people were going to be. And that's getting there two hours in advance, you know, and making sure. And then I was always the last to leave because it was always things that happened after the fact that you needed to happen. So when there was being interviewed by the news, those candid shots was everything. Those were, those were the money shots, bro. Exactly. Those are the ones. They were using some of those way more than the other ones because they'd be like, oh, man, I need to show that this news um, site worked with me or that news site was in the room and all of that stuff. So it, it was crazy. I mean, we're shooting with the NFL, shooting with the major college teams, stuff like that. You just learn how to beat them. You, your camera got to beat them to the spot every time. Man, that's powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, again, I'm, I'm joined by Jay Halim. He is in Las Vegas. He hails from uh, New New Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, North New Jersey. You, you can't tell by his accent. There's no way that you could tell he's from North with that smooth accent. But man, I just, I just, this is so this this has really made my day. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I bring people on this show to try to impact y'all's lives. But most of the time, Jay, I'm the one getting impacted. You know, mm-hmm. because because mm-hmm. you just said something that was so powerful. You said my camera beats you to the shot. Then he said, I, I show up two, two hours early and I stay, I'm the last person to leave. Think about that young person. You might, you might be, you might be making fries right now. You might be dropping fries. And I, I told you that's ain't no shame in that, but don't, don't stay there, but don't, but don't yeah. show up at your job 15 minutes late. Don't, don't show up at your job. Well, I'm, I'm just going to go in right when the, the clock there, there is some, there is some value in, and I do the exact same thing. If I'm speaking somewhere, brother, if I'm at a church or what, I usually show up before the usher boy got the church open. You know what I mean? I'm like, where everybody yeah. at? I'm, I'm ready. Cause you, you're right. It's something about taking in the environment and, and, and understanding the angles, man. It's just that, that, that's a craft. That's a craft, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Jay Halim has made it a, a powerful uh, testament of, hey, you can do anything. You've got three books to your credit and uh, I won't starve. Then he's got you won't starve and morning motivation. Let's just go through these real quick. I won't starve. Is that your first work? That's my babies right here. I won't starve is my first book. And real, real fast, I want to touch on that, that what you said about the, that's a lifestyle, man. You know, that same job I told you I took for $8. When I, when I left the job, I was making $14. I worked. I was the best worker there at that time. You know what I'm saying? So right. even that $8, I was always, they can't never say I was late. They can't never say that, you know, I wasn't there before everybody else. So you don't just leave the job and now you're going to be a great person or a great employee or a great CEO. Right. You literally got to start getting that lifestyle, getting that habit, and immediately, no matter what it is you're doing, because it's like what Kobe used to say, you know, you can't practice like crap and then go think you're going to play great once you get on, on the court, man. You know, it's just a rehearsal. Right. So I just wanted to get that out there. That's man. dope, yeah, man. That's that's, that's the real deal. Yeah, My first book, I Won't Starve, you know, they forced me to do that. <laughs> Because, you know, um, doing what I was doing with photography and I started working with government, you know, contracting in that space, you know, um, again, shooting the mayor. I started working with the city of Columbia where I lived at. And then um, 
it just started moving on. The county, the state, different people. I'm, you know, doing headshots for whole offices and stuff like that. And I got certified to do business with the, um, the government. And I started being like the token poster child um, to say, hey, we are giving minorities contracts. We give this company. Because we went from just me with my camera to me having multiple cameras. And most we're not just shooting an event with um, photography. We're filming major events for the airports and everything like that. So J. Eileen Media was, was the name of my company at that time before we evolved to just the LLC. Uh, we did a whole bunch of things, and they would just just parade me around. Hey, come on up here. Come to this event. <laughs> we do give people, you know, right. opportunities. Right. And so um, in 2016, I wanted to speak because I would shoot a lot of speakers. And I'm like, I got a story to tell. You know, I felt it in my heart. I wanted to say something. One of my bros moved to Atlanta, and he had started a mentoring program in Georgia State. And he was like, man, I want you to come and speak. And I was bit by the bug, but because I'm a businessman, I said, you know what? I'm not going to wait for somebody to tell me that I'm worthy of speaking. Right. So I created I Won't Starve, and I said, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do training with um, minority business owners and try to help them to be able to do government contracting. And so I got the local government offices to partner with me on that. And at my first event, we charged $50 a piece for people to come and I was the headliner. So that's what put me in that space. And so they're like, now you a speaker. Where's your book? Yeah, like, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Cause, Cause I had every, I had everything. I already had merchandise. I already was speaking out, you know, got my office. I already doing this. I'm getting paid. They're like, you missing the book. You missing the book. And they kept saying it. And I'm like, I right. did the book. And so that was the best thing that could have happened to me because it. A lot of negativity I had in me, a lot of um, grudges I was holding with individuals was let go in that book. Yeah. You know, even though it's not a tabloid book, my uh, my integrity wouldn't let me be that. I hate when people tell, oh, I want to tell my story, but you spend most of the time telling somebody else's story. That's right. Like, I'm not that dude. You know, if, we, if, you, if you come up in my story, it's going to be from what I got going on, not... How is it my story? But I'm telling your vice. It's <laughs> right. not, that's not your business. You no, know what I'm saying? Man, so it's right. none of that in my book, but it was a situation that was addressed that I needed to get off my chest. And um, it made sense. It was the best thing that could have happened to me. I was bit by the book bug. And so I created my second baby. Yep. You won't starve. And it's a training manual. It's key principles to entrepreneur development. You know, they don't teach us how to be entrepreneurs the way I teach because I had to go through it the real way. I don't have ten, fifteen thousand dollars in the bank, and most people don't have that type of money in the bank when you first get started. Right, you got to go through it, and so I created that those principles. This came out right at the height of the pandemic in 2020, and um, it put me to the West Coast because, of course, you couldn't see a lot of people. But the West Coast took to this book right here, and I was able to do a lot of trainings and everything like that through this book. And, you know, it was just an amazing situation. And so the next year, again, just hearing so much negativity about COVID and making people, you know, throw away this year, this year, crappy and all this other stuff like that. I said, look, man, you know, I started doing it on Facebook and on Instagram. I would do a morning motivation every morning. I still do it to this day. If you check out my I Won't Star page, you'll see that. And um, I just said, man, you know, this is not our first crisis. It is definitely not going to be our last crisis. Right. How do we stay consistently motivated no matter what the crisis is? And so that's how we wanted to approach it with with um with more than motivation. I didn't know I was going to be able to keep it going this long. 
So I said, hey, this is my new thing. Let me put a book out. Yeah. And it worked out perfectly. <laughs> man, I tell you what, you're talking about making your making your business crisis proof, man. You know, like well, I think we talked about this, man. You know, some people were really caught off guard by COVID and, you know, everybody ready to fold up shop. And I guess we just can't do it. And, uh, man, that that's really might have been the best time to start a business was right in the middle of COVID. Definitely. You know, definitely. You'll see a lot of people, you know, and I teach and train now. A lot of businesses are coming to me for coaching that just started two years ago during COVID. So yeah. I started in February, right before March. I, I started March 15th. Yeah. And then, like, and, but they still was able, if you was able to withstand it for a little while, you was able to come back stronger than ever. And again, I'm, I'm a photographer and I couldn't shoot. Right. Because the government wasn't, the government just coming back. Like, right, right, right. Literally. So yeah. I'm looking at them like, y'all got, still got headshots from 2019. Because <laughs> they was in the house, right? So some of them were bigger, smaller. Yep, yep. It. So there's a whole lot of things. And that wasn't it. It was, I already had these things in place. So I said, all right, let me push this stuff to the forefront. And it picked up and it put me in another space. So I, I'm grateful for it. You know, I don't shoot as much as I used to. But um, at the end of the day, that was, you know, I had things already ready to go for that. And, I and, you know, you don't know it until you get pushed. You know, the Eagles push their babies out the nest. They man. do, brother. Like, hey, it's that time. Say that again. Say that again for the people in the back. Hey, Jay, Jay.Haleem.com uh, is where you can go find my friend. He's a, a, absolutely, this has been a breath of fresh air, brother. I mean, you you just really very practical, very realistic, uh, and, and it's, it's about, you know, some, some people, some people don't like that word grind. Some people don't like that word hustle, but I, I'm just telling you, it, you, you, you have, you have demonstrated it. And now you've turned all this into six figure salaries, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. And so, and so the, what I could say is you might can argue with my methods, but you can't argue with the results, baby. And so, yeah, say that again. yeah. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, uh, having you back Jay, because, uh, you know, I, I want to dive next time we talk, I want to dive more into your entrepreneurial mindset because that is a mindset. Uh, and, and, and you're right. You know, it's not for everybody. Not everybody can work for themselves. You know, not, not every, yeah. not everybody has the discipline or the, or the hunger. You said you was hungry. You know what I mean? You was ready for it. Um, and so, you know, and then helping now, if somebody was listening out there today, if they went to, if I think if they go to your website, they would, is there a place on your website where they can just sign up for one of your courses? Yeah, you can go on the website and, uh, when I put out a course, yeah, you will see it on the course right now. I don't have one going on right now. Okay. Um, I won't starve Academy, a nonprofit. We do courses once a year towards the end of the year. So, but you go in there and just um, sign up. We got a bunch of stuff going on. Sign up to the um, email list and you'll see what we got going on. All right, roger that, man. And yeah, man, maybe, how far are you from Myrtle Beach? Well, when I'm in South Carolina, two hours, yep. Okay, well, next time I come down there and you there... We, I got. I need some new photography, anyway, man. So I'll hook you up. Man, I come to you, man. I come. To yeah, you. but I come look. To Vegas and party. <laughs> you gotta come to Vegas and party, and then you go ahead and get your shots done and all that other stuff like that. Yeah, but, look. Yeah, listen, let me tell you something. I got some. I got some photos that I've been. I've been repurposing for about fifteen years. It's about time to go ahead. About time to go ahead and update. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I dig it. Oh yeah, and I didn't be. I didn't do my own pictures. A good brother. Um, he's now in the trucking industry, like really, really big in the trucking industry. But he was um, a fellow photographer of mine out of Atlanta um, named um, Jerome. 
Um, he, he he's the man called Follow J. He shot a lot of celebrities and things like that. So, um, him he was the person who did my photos. And, and again, support people that do what you do. Don't try to circumvent. I could yeah, I could have set up my tripod and did my own pictures, but no, I I paid another photographer right. to do do you know the business, and you know I'm sure he appreciated. But he's knocking out the park right now. He's in the trucking industry. Um, he still shoots sometimes, but for the most part, he's you know definitely knocking out the park. Well, you, part of the truck. you know, and you just mentioned something really really powerful, important um, about supporting one another. I talk about this every now and then uh, to our to our followers and people who listen that that and listen if i see if i see you trying to get somewhere i may not be able to get all get you all the way there dog you know what i'm saying i may not be able to get you across the finish line but i've told people this that if i see you over there with some sticks and some kindling trying to rub them together and i see some sparks I can come over there. Look, 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 Jay. I can come over there and fan your kindling, yeah, right? Yeah. I can fan for a few minutes and help you. And this is where in, in the black community we struggle with this. Definitely. <laughs> we do. Definitely. Uh and 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 the communities at large. It's like, okay, if I see my brother out here killing it, if I see my I don't need I don't need a, a multi-trillionaire to come on my show. I want I want this brother because you're de- you're where the rubber meets the road. You're 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 you've lived it, man. And yeah. and the results are 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 tangible. And and what we got to realize is like you said, you could have get you could have did your own thing. You could have did your own photos, right? But you said, "Man, let me help this let me help this brother out because he do photos too." And that's what yeah. that's you got the mindset, brother. You got the mindset all the way around. And uh, I'm I'm just very very pleased that we were able to have you, Jay. I want you to give a word of, of closure to all of our listeners. Uh, give them a word of encouragement. People out there looking to maybe you know they felt stuck over the past year. Uh, they they may not know where they're going. I want you to give them a word of encouragement. The floor is yours. No doubt, man. Um, and again, I know on my website dailyn.com you don't see my photo, so I repurposed my my first hashtag. Keep shooting. So keepshootingphotos.com. If you want to see my photos, go to keepshootingphotos.com. And you can see all of that Nike work and, and, you know, some people from WNBA. You'll see all that major commercial stuff like that. You'll be able to see that type of stuff on there. But um, I I always got to repurpose my stuff. I know they took it negative when I put keep shooting out back then. But I had to repurpose it. So um, keepshootingphotos.com. Uh, word of encouragement, man. Listen, um, one thing, a quote that I came up with was the platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on. And what that means is you got to build a strong foundation. You know, my foundation was built. Yes, I was doing things that I wasn't supposed to be doing, but I was building up my entrepreneurial prowess. And because I always been a good dude, I never hurt nobody. I never did anything. Good Lord gave me an opportunity to use that same platform that was built a solid platform into entrepreneurship and I was able to grow with it. A lot of times we're focusing on the, the destination. The destination doesn't mean anything if you don't realize where you are. I don't care if you get on a plane, train, bus, they're gonna ask you where you, they want you gotta know where you are right. before you know where you are going. They, that's how they're gonna dictate how much they're gonna charge you. Right. And it's the same thing. When you know what your platform is, you know what it's gonna take to get to your destination to the other platform. And it doesn't matter where you land, 
of that platform, you'll be able to handle whatever life throw at you. So if you've been struggling in 2020, from 2020 to 2022, you need to check your platform. You need to start right there where you are. Are you jumping from the basement or are you jumping from the roof? Because if you jump from the basement, you're not going to get too far. But one thing that's in the basement, in most people's basement, is a toolkit. And we all got our own toolkit. So in that toolkit, you got something in there that's just germane to you and your skill set that you can build up your know, steps and get you up to the roof so that you can see and you can jump off and go to wherever you need to go. So the platform you leave from is more important than the platform you land on. That's powerful. I got that in the chat, brother. The platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on. We heard that from the notorious Jay Halim Washington. I'm using that. <laughs> I'm using that. Yeah. I'm using that with your credit, with your permission and credit. It's all good, I'm baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> so uh, go to jhalim.com. We're going to have you back, brother. Um, we'll let a few months pass and uh, we'll just come love back to. and chop it up again, man. This, this is edifying, man. I love talking to business minded people. You gave some powerful nuggets out and uh, maybe I'll put together like a youth day and have you talk to some young people, man, get them motivated. I would love to, man. And just um, put just a shameless plug you know, in a couple of months. Man, we, if we do make this happen, I'm looking forward to it. And September 24th, I'm having the I Won't Starve experience, five-year anniversary of creating the I Won't Starve you know, platform um, for black individuals, black entrepreneurs. We're having it in Vegas here September 24th, or 23rd and 24th. We're going to have uh, that night of the 23rd, we have a little kickback, and everybody come in and welcome everybody into the city. But then we're going to knock it out the park with um, some amazing dynamic speakers and just motivation, getting people ready for the entrepreneur revolution. And uh, we have some, we created Kids Won't Starve through the pandemic as well. So we will have young CEOs there. Um, the young CEOs from South Carolina just worked with Damon John. My daughter participated in that. She came second in the pitch competition. And, you know, she's a two-time author herself. And she's only 13 years old. She'll be 14 this year. So um, this is what we're doing. This is what we're creating. But we will have the young CEOs in there helping out with Kids Won't Starve and just teaching this entrepreneurial prowess to our babies. So... Uh, I want to talk to bring their team to forefront now. So talk with you in another time on your show. Yes, so sir. If you guys want to participate and be a part of what we're doing. I would love to have you out here in sunny Las Vegas. All right, man. Y'all heard it there, man. He bought, he dropped a hint right there. We're going to plant them seeds for sure. Jhalim.com is where you connect with him. Get all three of his books. Get them in your hand right now. Uh, I'm hoping to get a signed autograph copy and don't worry, brother. I'll pay for them. You don't have to send them to me for free. I'll go get them. I'll go get them. I just want them signed from the, from the man himself. You're going to get something for free. So yeah, you buy the books, you get some merch. You're going to get something. But I appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. We appreciate you, Jay. And until uh, we meet again, brother, you take care. Keep doing what you do. Okay, brother. Much love, man. God bless. God bless you too, my friend. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was that was our uh, afternoon session with Impacting Life 24-7, jhalim.com. Man, what a great – man, that was just absolutely phenomenal, the stuff that he dropped. Greg, thank you for, for tuning in. I know you're still hemmed up. I'm headed to the baseball field now to watch my son. But, man, this this brother, Jay Halim, is, is really on point. Thank you, Nisi Jordan. 
uh, her lunchtime conversation show had him a few weeks ago, and uh, it was a blessing that she she said you really 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 uh, need to have this brother. And when I when we talked to him in our pre-interview, because we pre-interview everybody, I don't care if you your name Barack Obama or Jay Haleen, we pre-interview everybody because we want to know who's coming on our show. And I was just I was just blown away. Like man, this dude got the real story. So three books maybe i'll get one done by july 24th <laughs> all right thank you ladies and gentlemen god bless you we'll be back here in the high definition studios next week monday on impacting life 24 7 y'all take care <laughs>